You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. His name is Jesus. Peter said in Acts 4.12, There's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. And he's greater than Michael, greater than Gabriel, certainly greater than Lucifer. Folks, that's the point of Hebrews chapter 1. Because he's the mediator, mediator of the new covenant, he's greater than the angels. And he launches in these four verses into that declaration of who he is. Amazing. And then in verse 5, he begins to prove it from the Old Testament. The writer of Hebrews spends time proving the validity of who Jesus is, and his assessment of your Savior will take you back into the Old Testament today. Pastor Danny will remind you that every book of the Bible points to Jesus, not just the New Testament. God had a plan to bring salvation to a world darkened by sin even before He created it. He knew what would happen, and He knew that no human being would be good enough. That's why He sent His Son, to save the creation He loves. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 with today's edition of The Living Word. Our earth that we live on is tilted 23 degrees. If it were tilted just a little one way or just a little way the other, we couldn't survive. If the sun was any further away or any closer, just a little bit, we'd either freeze to death or all burn up. If the atmosphere didn't remain, atmosphere didn't remain a constant, a constant, then all these meteors and stuff that are headed for earth and have been for a long time that burn up, harmlessly in our atmosphere, if the atmosphere didn't remain constant, we'd all have to live underground. If the sea level surface of the the sea, the bottom, uh, were shifted, we'd be destroyed. I mean, it's amazing. It's incredible. If the moon were any farther away or any closer to us, the tides would go crazy, and twice a day, the world would be flooded. And who's the one that keeps all this stuff from happening? Who's the one that holds it all together? The Son of God, Jesus Christ. Wow. Hey, he's the radiance of God's glory. That's a good translation of the word, radiance of God's glory, not a reflection. That's important. You look at the moon on a cloudless night, especially a full one, and it's so bright. You know where the brightness comes from? It comes from the sun. The radiance of the moon's glory is the sun. The moon is just reflecting the glory of the sun. Same with you and I. You and I as Christians ought to reflect the glory of God, but we're not the source of it. We're not, we're not the radiance, we're the reflection. The radiance is where the source comes from. Jesus Christ, the son of God, he's the radiance of God's glory. He's the source. Wow. Woohoo. What it must've been like for Peter, James, and John as they went up on the mountain and Jesus for a moment was transfigured before them. And all of a sudden, the, the cloak was, was revealed that behind this human flesh, there was some being far greater than the angels. And he was transfigured before them. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough. Jesus said, Philip, Philip, have I been with you so long? Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. That's why the Jews picked up stones to stone him. They said, you a mere man are making yourself equal with God. 
as a man, Jesus was as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. One of my favorite commentators suggested that the name is the Son. I disagree. The name is Jesus, Philippians 1. He humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. By the way, one day every tongue will confess, it says, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Better to bow now than bow then. His name is Jesus. Peter said in Acts 4.12, there's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. And he's greater than Michael, greater than Gabriel, certainly greater than Lucifer. Folks, that's the point of Hebrews chapter 1. Because he's the mediator, mediator of the new covenant, he's greater than the angels. And he launches in these four verses into that declaration of who he is. Amazing. And then in verse 5, he begins to prove it from the Old Testament. Seven Old Testament passages. Look at them. Verse 5. For which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Psalm 2, verse 7, it's a messianic psalm. I don't want to mess with your theology. I believe in Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but I believe technically, technically, he maybe hasn't been the Son from all eternity past. I may be wrong there. It's still the same Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But I think in the incarnation when Mary was conceived, the only begotten of the Father. But the Jehovah's Witnesses, see, uh, they will take what we're going to read in a minute, is that he's God's firstborn, firstborn, that he had a, a beginning. He had a beginning as a man. He did not have a beginning as a being. You're going to see that. It's undeniable. You are my son. Today, I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. Now, that's not from Psalm. The first quote is from Psalm 2, verse 7. The second one is from 2 Samuel chapter 7. Verses 11 to 16, right in there. And what's happening there, I won't take the time to turn to it because of time. God, as Solomon is taking the throne, Solomon, David's son, and the confirmation that was promised to David that he would have someone from his lineage on the throne and that his kingdom would last forever. When you read it, it can't refer to Solomon. It refers in the context to Solomon, but ultimately, if you read carefully, it's referring to someone else that would come from the loins of David, and his kingdom and his throne would be established forever, forever. It's the Christ. It's the Messiah. It's the Son of God. It's Jesus. I will be his father. He will be my son. Verse 6, and again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. That's taken from Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 43. But if you read it in the NIV like I had, you won't find it translated this way because these quotes are from the Septuagint. Don't get off on that. Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which tells us the writer of Hebrews read Greek. And if you read the Septuagint, ESV um, says, bow down to him, all gods. And it's referring again to Messiah, to Christ. When he brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Firstborn. What does that mean? It doesn't mean what the Jehovah's Witnesses say. 
They say he's the first begotten of the Father, that he had a beginning as a God, therefore he's a God with a little g. That's not what the word firstborn means. Firstborn means it's the word prototokos and has nothing to do with time. Colossians 1, Revelation 1 refers to Jesus by the same word. He's the firstborn, the prototokos, from among the dead. Well, he's not the first one risen from the dead. Lots of people were risen from the dead before Jesus. Lots of people. A whole host of people at the crucifixion came out of the tombs. Holy people who died in faith came out of the tombs and walked around Jerusalem for a while. A lot of people raised from the dead before Jesus. Lazarus was raised from the dead before Jesus because firstborn doesn't mean what the Jehovah's Witnesses say it means. It means preeminent one. He's the preeminent one from among the dead. Because he's risen never to die again. All those people have been risen, they died again. Except for Elijah, and he may die. (laughs) Coming, I won't get into that. He's the prototokos. He's the firstborn. He's the preeminent one from among the dead. And when when God brings him into the world, he says, Now let all God's angels worship him. Isaiah. Again and again, and other Old Testament passages, God, Jehovah says, I alone am God. There is no other. And I will not give my glory to another. I am God. There's only one. And I'm the only God to be worshipped. You worship anything or anyone else, it's idolatry. He declares that again and again. And yet he says about the Son, let all God's angels worship him. That's why when the Magi came that great distance and they came and they found the child, born king of the Jews, and they brought their gifts to him, and it says they bowed and they worshipped. Because Micah 5, 2, that prophesied the birth of that babe in Bethlehem. The end of verse 2, after it prophesies where he'd be born, it says his origins are from eternity. Hebrews 7 will tell us this son of God, Jesus the Christ, our great high priest, is a high priest after the order of mysterious fellow named Melchizedek that met Abraham, brought out bread and wine, And Abraham gave him a tenth of all the spoils. Melchizedek, king of Salem, which is king of peace and king of righteousness. And he's a priest, mysterious figure, Melchizedek, without beginning of days or end of life. It's very clear. I've got the right Jesus, and he's not the Jesus of the Mormons, and he's not the Jesus of the Jehovah's Witnesses. He's the Jesus of my Bible. He's God with a big G. And a big O and a big D. Folks, folks, you you, you can't be honest with the Word of God and really come to any other conclusion. Let all God's angels worship Him. And the angel said to John the Apostle, Don't you do it. You worship God. He's the only one that has received worship. Hebrews encourages its readers to discontinue their reliance on the law, the old way of living. Jesus came to fulfill not only the prophecies of a Savior, but also the law itself. He perfectly lived out every word of it, never wavering, and always showing love and kindness. Jesus then became the sacrificial lamb, the one who would die in your place, so you wouldn't need to face the punishment your sins deserve. His blood paid the price. All you need to do is accept it. Are you ready to take this step of faith? Jesus is ready and waiting for you to step away from your old life with loving arms wide open. 
If you're making a decision for your Savior today, please let us know. We want to pray for you and be available to answer any questions you might have. Please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Living Word. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship the Lord and learn from His Word with us. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find more information and directions at ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, you can still be a part of our virtual congregation. Join our live stream at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for more from this study in the book of Hebrews right here on The Living Word. 